What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Well, hello, church family. This is Marilyn Mitchell, and today we are diving in to the fun tongue twister of the 12th chapter of Joshua. Um, We know that even the name Joshua is actually pronounced quite differently in the original language, but I'm going to stick with it for um, consistency's sake. But please do bear with me as I attempt to pronounce these names and places um, in the original language. So some of it may sound a little different than we might um, read it phonetically um, in our time. But anyway, we're going to start in chapter 12 and read the entire chapter of Joshua 12. And it says this, Now these are the kings of the land whom the people of Israel defeated and took possession of their land beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise from the valley of the Arnon to Mount Hermon with all the Erevah eastward. Sihon, king of the Amari, who lived at Heshbon and ruled from Eroir, which is on the edge of the valley of Erenon and from the middle of the valley as far as the river Yabok the boundary of the Ammoni, that is, half of Gilad, and the Erevah to the Sea of Kinnereth, eastward, and in the direction of Bethashemot, to the Sea of the Erevah, the Salt Sea, southward to the foot of the slopes of Pisgah. And Og, king of Bashan, one of the remnant of the Rephai, who lived at Ashtaroth and Edrai, and ruled over Mount Hermon and Sahalka, and all Bashan to the boundary of the Geshori and the Mahath, and over half of Gilad to the boundary of Sihon, king of Heshbon. Moses, the servant of the Lord, and the people of Israel defeated them. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave their land for a possession to the Rehobini and the Gadi and half the tribe of Menehesh. And these are the kings of the land whom Joshua and the people of Israel defeated on the west side of the Jordan from Baal Gad in the valley of Lebanon to Mount Halak that rises toward Sair. And Joshua gave their land to the tribes of Israel as a possession according to their allotments in the hill country, in the lowland, in the Erevah, in the slopes, in the wilderness, and in the Negev, the land of the Haith, the Amori, the Kenanai, the Perizzi, the Hivi, and the Yevusi. The king of Jericho, one. The king of Ai, which is beside Bethel, one. The king of Jerusalem, one. The king of Hebron, one. The king of Yarmuth, one. The king of Lahish, one. The king of Eglon, one. The king of Gezer, one. The king of Devir, one. The king of Geder, one. The king of Horma, one. The king of Erad, one. The king of Livna, one. The king of Adullam, one, the king of Makeda, one, the king of Bethel, one, the king of Tapua, one, the king of Hefer, one, the king of Afek, one, the king of Sharon, one, the king of Madon, one, the king of Hatzor, one, the king of Shimron Meron, one, the king of Akshof, one, the king of Tanakh, one, the king of Megiddo, one, the king of Kadesh, one, the king of Yokneam, in Kermel, one. The king of Dor in Nafador, one. The king of Goy in Galilee, one. The king of Dirza, one. In all, 31 kings. Whew, well, we made it. <laughs> 
If you got lost, don't worry. So did I, I think. Um, it's fine. We, 31 kings, um, and, and it's super important, but why? <laughs> why in a book of 60, in, in the Bible, a that contains 66 books, of which not a single piece of punctuation or a single word is wasted, why are we devoting this much time and energy to these names and these places and these boundaries? Why? Because it just displays the grandeur and the glory and the beauty and the promise of a God who delivers on his promises. And that's exactly what he did for the Israelites. And so right here in chapter 12, we see how Joshua and Israel ultimately defeated 31 kings in all. But how does that fit together with where we've just come from? Well, it's just a summary of conquering the whole land of Canaan. And so chapter 12 is really divided into two pieces. Verses 1 through 6 talks about the land and the kings on the east side of the Jordan River. And again, just understand that we're in Canaan or we're referring to Canaan. So everything east of the Jordan River um, was verses 1 through 6. And then everything um, in chapters verses 7 through 24 refers to the land and kings on the west side of the Jordan What's really great is that Joshua, or whoever the historian is that's telling us this story at this point in time, is wants us to understand what happened under Moses as well. Um, You know, Joshua could have been very self-serving and said, hey, look, let's talk about me. (laughs) Let's talk about what's happened since I've been here. But he doesn't. He refreshes and he reminds himself and the people of Israel and all of us for all these years since what had been accomplished through Moses and the Israelites And then what was also accomplished, um, the kings that were subdued under his um, service to the Lord and with the Israelites. And so um, that's super important that that we're not going to forget the past and God's mercies and deliverance to us in the past as we also celebrate what he's doing now and in the future. And, you know, we don't want Moses and, and what he did to be overlooked or forgotten. God was good, and he delivered on his promises to both of those people. Even though Moses wasn't able to move on over into the promised land, everything on the other side of the Jordan, he was able to be a part of. And so um, that's why that's mentioned here. But again, what does this really mean to us? Well, these names, these kings, unless you've just done a lot of Old Testament study and and deep diving, probably don't really mean a whole lot. We obviously recognize Jericho and I because we've just talked about those a lot. Um, But some of these other places may seem pretty obscure to you. But I do think we have to just, again, the biggest point to remember in this chapter is that we are giving God the credit due his name for the promises that he is delivering on. He promised all of these things and it's very important that the Israelites and that we understood that not one single thing was missed, that every single thing that God promised them, every single inch of property and land Um, that he had promised to them was delivered. And so um, that's why these boundaries, these kings are so important to understand one by one. Secondly, while it may not mean as much to us in modern day Middle Tennessee or wherever you're listening from, it certainly meant a lot to the initial readers of this word and of this account of Joshua because they would have been intimately aware of these boundaries, of these kings, of these cities, of these places. And, you know, it's it's a... Um, 
maybe a stretch, but one way to think of it is, what if it were here and in our time? Well, it would mean a lot to us. We would understand what it would mean to say Murfreesboro, Smyrna, Laverne, east of the Stones River, west of the Stones River. All of these things would make sense to us because it's where we live and it's what we're a part of. And for some of us, maybe other um, of our family tree are from those areas as well. So we know what's, what's happened historically in this area. And they would have, of course, as well. Um, so it just puts on the display of the glory of God. And in delivering on his promise, it, it gives these very specific places and kings that were defeated in order to accomplish that. It also talks about how, especially in those first six verses, how that land was then allocated to the Israelites. And so Jer- Josh was going to do the same thing now for these other um, areas that have been uh, defeated s- since. And he talks a little bit about... Um, that their their land is given to Israel as a possession according to their allotments. So again, interesting passage. Maybe you um found it hard to read through it today, or maybe it's it's an easy one in the past if you've if you've read through your Bible to be like, yeah, yeah, okay, good, good. Um, maybe not so important. But I just challenge all of us to really see that our God is a promise keeping God that he does not fail, that he delivers on every promise that he has made. And so, you know, these conquests, they couldn't have done it in their own strength. They couldn't have done it in their own power, and they didn't. Um, but these conquests are are um, a testament to our God and to his power and to how he used these broken, sinful, often unfaithful people to accomplish his purposes in his time. And so again, um, I think that's our challenge for today is just to recognize the glory of our God and to celebrate that um, and to consider how God is good in giving the Israelites the victory over these kings, the possessions of these kingdoms. And then he also gave those them those obligations to observe his statutes and to keep his laws. And so um, these 31 kingdoms were divided among the nine tribes and a half of Israel. Um, you know, of these, they there fell to the lot of Judah, kingdoms of uh six, seven, eight um, kingdoms, eight in all, besides part of the kingdom of Jerusalem. And so again, just if if you have time to study deeper into that, I certainly encourage it. But I think our um, challenge and reminder today is to give God glory because he keeps his promises. And so uh, look forward to continuing this study of Joshua with you. And I hope you'll join us back here tomorrow. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.